baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Every single Republican voting in favor of moving into this official impeachment inquiry phase of our constitutional duty uh, to do oversight. That was Jim Jordan talking about the authorization of an impeachment inquiry looking into the actions of President Joe Biden and to give us more insight on a Thursday morning, as he does every Thursday, is CBS Chief Washington correspondent Major Garrett, author of The Big Truth, Upholding Democracy in the Age of the Big Lie, host of The Takeout Podcast, and host of Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen, a podcast that if you have not checked out yet, you definitely should. Major, good morning. Thank you for that very generous introduction. Good morning to everyone. How is everybody in St. Louis? Well, we're doing pretty well. We're doing pretty well. Um, A lot of uh, Bidens in the news in the past 24 (laughs) hours. Um, (laughs) Well, two, I guess, basically. Yes, two Bidens, basically. Feels like more, but it's only two. Honestly, here's here's what I told Michael Kelly, who is uh, joining, was with me this morning. I said when I read the headline that the House had authorized an impeachment inquiry, my first thought was, wait. Didn't they already do that? <laughs> right, right. Yes. I'm confused. Yes. It's confusing. <laughs> yeah. It's confusing. Okay. Here is what has happened, and it's similar to what happened when House Democrats began impeachment proceedings over the Ukraine issue against President Trump. Committees began their impeachment process, meaning calling witnesses, but the full House had not authorized the committees to do that. And what's the difference between committees doing an impeachment work on their own and the full House authorization? The big difference, and it matters in terms of law and the Constitution, is when the full House authorizes an impeachment inquiry, it gives subpoenas issued by the House more legal weight. Federal courts have recognized and underscored the importance of subpoenas issued from the House under the power of an impeachment inquiry approved by the full House as different and slightly less powerful than subpoenas issued by a House committee conducting oversight or asking questions, even if it's on behalf of a potential impeachment. So, It matters only in the sense that this is now a full House vote, meaning the House itself, composed of the majority party, in this case, all the Republicans voted for it, have authorized this. And federal courts historically have said when the full House authorizes it, any subpoena issued from that point forward carries greater legal weight and a greater requirement for responsiveness. So, Major, what took so long for them to make this final vote? Because 
Uh, I mean, has there been some new evidence that's come out that caused the House to take this action? Or for the last two years, we've just kind of been running the standstill without them taking this move? So it's not been two years. The clock's not been running for for two years. The impeachment process sort of got going this summer in terms of Kevin McCarthy. Remember him? He used to be the Speaker of the House. Yeah, right. Uh, saying, hey, I think the committee should begin this process in terms of impeachment, not just asking questions in an oversight role. So it's not been two years on the clock. It's been a couple, three months. And the reason they haven't taken the full House vote is they didn't have the votes. They didn't have the votes because they knew House Republican leadership that no Democrat would vote for it. So they needed to get all their House Republicans in order. And it wasn't clear until very recently that it's sufficient number, meaning there'd be no defections or very few defections. In the end, there were none. Because basically, House Republican leaders said this vote, if you vote to authorize an inquiry, does not commit you to voting yes on an article of impeachment. Now, that may be harder to deal with politically two or three months from now. You launch an inquiry. Your constituents may expect you to vote on an article of impeachment and vote yes. because I think Biden's a bad guy. But Republicans bought that and said, okay. I'm ju- and you heard several of those who are on the fence about this, some of the New York Democrat delegation, some for, from Virginia, some from Biden district saying, I'm only voting to start this process. I'm not committing to voting in favor of any article of impeachment against the president. And once they had that understanding and in their mind, politically and otherwise, had this sort of vague difference between the two, they could bring it to the floor and know they could pass it because you don't want to bring an, in, an inquiry question to the floor and have it lose. So that would be deeply embarrassing for the House Republican leadership. So they waited until they were absolutely sure they had the votes. So what is the next steps? Obviously, they'd like to have something in play prior to the election. What can we mm-hmm. anticipate seeing over the next several months? Well, of course, Democrats say that's all that they want to do is have something in play in time for the election. And some of the House Republicans have more or less said words to the effect of, well, we're having an impeachment because there are serious issues, but also because impeachment for Biden, impeachment for Trump, it sort of cancels each other out. So there is politics circulating all around this. The next steps are for, and this is where the Hunter Biden and other things relevant to it come into greater force with these subpoenas. And can they get more information? Can they put something together that looks like a prosecution case against the president, sufficient to identify high crimes and misdemeanors that you can put on paper and say, these are articles of impeachment, and then committees of jurisdiction would have to vote to approve those articles of impeachment, either House Judiciary Committee, that's typically the place where impeachment questions go, would have to vote on those, send them to the House floor, and then the House would have to have a vote on each and every article of impeachment. Just as happened with President Trump, not once but twice, or for those of us who were there, and I was, then President Bill Clinton had to go through the process as well. And why did I use that phrase? You have to put together a prosecution argument because impeachment in the House leads to what? A trial in the Senate. And the trial needs a prosecution case. You've got to articulate and explain what you're prosecuting, why it's a high crime and misdemeanor, and why the only remedy the only because this is what impeachment's about. The only remedy for the high crime and misdemeanor is to remove the president from office. It's not going to happen. Democrats in the Senate would never go for it. But that's what impeachment asks of you. 
you have to state a case sufficient to say the only remedy is to remove the president from office. So to clarify here what House Republicans are looking for, they're looking for evidence that would show that Joe Biden used his office as the vice Mm -hmm. president or allowed his name and office of vice president for influence and the personal gain of his son, Hunter Biden, when dealing with Burisma and his his involvement in Ukraine. In theory, in theory. But I mean, we have no historical precedent in this country for an impeachment proceeding based on actions taken by a vice president who becomes president. None. Zero. There is no history of that at all. None. And the Constitution is pretty clear in the impeachment clause. It's for actions as president. Actions as president, not as vice president. So that's a problem. And there has been this sort of sense that Republicans have that they can get to something that shows that as president, something was done. Or that these associations, business and otherwise, created an atmosphere in which things were easier to get done or decisions had been made by the president or the Biden administration reflective of these underlying business connections or financial payments. That's all very opaque right now. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. But the idea that you're going to impeach somebody for actions taken as vice president or when you were in between the vice presidency and a candidacy for the presidency would be completely new ground. And when the House Rules Committee met this week to decide whether to send this matter to the floor, which it ultimately did, one House Democrat asked a House Republican, what is the specific impeachable charge? And it wasn't articulated because they don't have it yet, but they're going to work on it. And whether there's political blowback for this or not, that's all to be determined by the voters as time goes by. But that's where we are. Yeah, and there doesn't seem to be much of an appetite with the Republicans in the United States Senate for all of this, does there? Next to zero right now. Next mm-hmm. to zero. Can, can I ask you about one of the acknowledgments that Joe Biden made was that when he was vice president, he did pressure Ukraine to fire the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, the Ukrainian prosecutor, Victor Shokin. And there was allegedly threatening to withhold a billion of one billion dollars of U.S. aid. Can you put that into context and perspective? Because my initial thought is, well, that sounds bad, but that's something that Biden openly admitted. Oh, yeah, that's been that's been that's been acknowledged for a very long time. And that was pressure politics of a superpower, uh, the superpower in this case would be the United States, using the lever of foreign assistance in concert with many U.S. aides, U.S. allies in Europe who consider this particular prosecutor in Ukraine so corrupt as to be un- unreliable and harmful to Ukraine's interests and corrupting of that government and so it was very much hardball 
nation-to-nation politics in which, and these are the vice president's words then, not mine, many U.S. allies saw that as a necessary step to sort of clean up things in Ukraine. And if the United States could achieve it, that would not only clear the way for U.S. aid, but it would clear the way for European nations to feel more confident about sending money to Ukraine because they didn't want this particular prosecutor, quote unquote, to be there in that position because they saw him as too close and too closely aligned with Russian oligarchs and essentially not fighting corruption in Ukraine, but abetting corruption in Ukraine. But the vice president's never denied that ever mm-hmm. or, or run away from that. Other things he's denied that have proven to be true. You know, no involvement ever. Well, what's involvement? You're on phone calls. There are these shadow emails we talked about last week. Other things have come to the surface that are less explainable than the blanket denials that preceded them. And that's one of the reasons House Republicans keep digging, because they there, there are times when the facts that they uncover, though still opaque, bust through blanket denials that have come from the White House. So uh, is it safe to say, Mary Major, that going forward, uh, it's likely that every president's going to be under some type of impeachment inquiry? Is this kind of a standard operating procedure now? You know, I hope not. I really hope not. Um, But it's a great question, Michael, and I can't tell you the answer to that is no. It feels that way. Even though, even though, and this is what really bothers me, because... When Republicans said the first impeachment against President Trump over the Ukraine matter was innately and systematically partisan and therefore illegitimate, meaning if you can't get the other party to agree there's something worth looking into here, it's just an act of politics and should be avoided. The very same people who said that, and they looked to be People who believed in what they were saying then are doing the exact thing now. Right. Hmm. Well, it's not lost on me that Jim Jordan still hasn't testified in front of Congress yet. He's probably going to want to use his subpoena power to get people to come testify before him. Right, right. Yeah, and and, and that's one of the things. When you start ignoring subpoenas and they become valueless in the sense that, well, they're not part of legitimate. I mean, you heard the words. You played them before you talked to me. Jim Jordan talking about the constitutionally protected and mandated right of oversight. Well, yeah, guess what? There was an oversight committee that you ignored a subpoena of. So how important is it? You know, so we're in a space now where politics is not only the weapon, but it's the explanation for everything. Hmm. Sad. Major, who is on the podcast this week? So we're doing something we've never done with the show before. I did a piece for CBS Mornings and also a shorter piece for CBS Evening News about after effects of the 2020 election. And one of the after effects is there are groups in this country that check voter registration rules, looking for anomalies, looking for things that they think don't add up, believing those are pathways to rampant systemic fraud. And we focused on the state of Georgia, which allows individual citizens to scan voter registration rolls and challenge the voter status of an unlimited number of Georgians. So you're one person, you scan the voter rolls, you can go to a county board of elections and say, I challenge 7,000 Georgians and their registration voter rights. And you can do that. It's all within the law. Well, are these things 
technical violations? Are they innocent mistakes? Are they signs of fraud? Well, we talked to a lot of people involved in this, someone whose voting status was challenged and a citizen who challenged it. And we're going to let our audience hear all of their interviews that I did with them about this topic. And I'm just going to let people decide for themselves whether this is just, unjust, a kind of hysteria after 2020 or something that's necessary to sort of clean up the system. I'm just going to stand back. We're going to listen to the interviews play. People can make up their own minds. Excellent. He is a man who would never ignore a subpoena. Major Garrett, <laughs> CBS Chief Washington. And, and I'm happy to say, and I'm happy to say, still haven't gotten one. And Good still hasn't gotten one to his everlasting credit. The CBS Chief Washington correspondent, <laughs> author of The Big Truth, Upholding Democracy in the Age of the Big Lion, host of the Takeout Podcast, and host of Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. An incredible man, Major. Thank you so much. Thank you. Alrighty, take care. That was Major Garrett. If you missed that interview, the whole interview, why well, you can go back and listen to our interview with Major Garrett on the podcast, The Chris and Amy Show. He's Michael Kelly. Hey, I'm now. Amy Mark Scores. Uh, hey, did you see this? Mm-hmm. Is next. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.